0: You're listening to the Young Money Podcast. I'm Cameron Ho, and I'm joined in the studio today by my co-host, Daniel Lane, and our special guest for this episode, Ed Monk and Vivian Slag. Welcome. Hello. Now, the title of today's show is Retirement. And if you're young, this might seem like a very distant prospect, but what we're going to chat about with our guests is why planning ahead might be more important than ever for young people today. Now, Ed, tell me more about what you do.
1: Well, I work on, I produce content here at Facility, so that's written articles and video and podcasts like this, mm-hmm. um, with a focus on retirement and personal finance.
0: Great. And and a second follow-up question, what does your ideal retirement look like? What do you dream of doing?
1: Well, I suppose I'd be fabulously wealthy in retirement, but um, <laughs> bit more slightly more realistically. Um, I think it would be active, and I think it would okay. involve lots of the sort of aspirational things that we like to think can go on in retirement, like traveling and um, sort of enjoying lots of leisure. However, probably, um, I I think I'd quite like to to continue working in some form and Mm -hmm. um, be sort of mentally active in that way as well. Great. And Viv, what Mm. do you do?
2: So I work for Fidelity's Personal Investing around how do we kind of better engage, um, particularly with like a younger audience of people Mm -hmm. in their kind of 20s and 30s. Great.
0: And what, what is your dream retirement?
2: Um, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, it's too far away um, to, for me to really have a clear picture. I guess it's about um, my dream retirement's uh, one with options. Okay. So whether when I get to, you know, in my 60s, 70s, if I want to decide to go traveling, I can do. If I want to sit on my couch on my Netflix, I can do. So <laughs> okay. who knows? But yeah. Um, yeah, flexible.
0: All about options. Dan, yeah, we've introduced ourselves before, but what is your dream retirement?
3: Um, something that I again, I think Ed said. I think man, maintaining mental activity is really important. I, I'd get really bored, and I think I'd just get really lazy if I sat at home all the time. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if I want to work, when I want to work, mm-hmm. be just on like a consultant basis. Yeah. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm extremely intelligent by then, yeah, um, <laughs> I would. I would like to do that. But I think, as Viv said, it's just about options. It's yeah. it's about. I've always said I never want money to hold me back. Hmm. Um, if I'm, a, if I'm in a stage where I want to do something and money stops me, I'd be really disappointed by that. Sure. What about you? What do you think?
0: I would want to have options. I would want to have the money to do what I want to do. But I'd also, yeah, I don't think I could ever stop working. I have I have a whole bunch of dream jobs that I want to do, like running a cafe or being a taxi driver. And so I think it'd be great to <laughs> just have those options and be able to do whatever occupation I want, whether it makes a lot of money or not. Ed, why don't we kick off here and, and talk about how the, how the idea of retirement came about. Cavemen didn't retire. They just died. So when did this idea come about and how are we where we are today?
1: Well, I mean, it's, you're, you're right. There's, I suppose through history, it would have been you just worked mm-hmm. until, until you died. But obviously, there comes a point when people start living um, long enough that they can't do lots of physical work and they have to sort of stop working. Right. Um and you know mechanisms mechanisms would have been put in place so that um, they're supported, and that's sort of the idea of a pension. Um, mm-hmm. I think what what we're in the situation now of facing is that a lot of those original plans look out of date. You know, they um, there once was a time you know you would have just hit a retirement age, and then you would have mm-hmm. been looking at a short period after that, um, probably in not very good health, and then you would have you would have died relatively young. Um, sure. You know, compared compared to today, mm-hmm. it's very different now, and and clearly people are looking at longer and longer periods of retirement. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what does retirement look like for people today?
1: In in terms of their of when they retire, with mm-hmm. people are looking at sort of in their their mid sixties. Sixty five is broadly speaking the retirement age now. It's on the rise, as we all know. Um, my retirement age, um, or, or anyone born after nineteen seventy eight, is going to be sixty eight. But it's likely to rise. It's forecast to mm-hmm. rise from here. So um, it looks like you know, people are going to be working until they're basically 70, and they're going to sure. have to sort of support themselves after that.
0: Okay. And there's, there's this issue of people supporting themselves and not having saved enough money to be able to do that. What support does the government offer if you haven't saved anything or if you've saved very little?
1: Well, well there's obviously the state pension.
0: Okay. And, um, and how much can someone expect to receive?
1: Well, the maximum under the new state pension that's just okay. come in, in the last year or so is um, £155 a week. And mm-hmm. I think that's about just over £8,000 a year. Yeah. Um, we're in this funny position because everyone predicts that this will shrink. This is a very expensive mm. benefit to provide to people. And it's going to get only more expensive as, as, as more people retire.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, we're increasing it
0: yeah.
1: by quite healthy amounts because of the what's called the triple lock, um, okay. which means that the, it's rising sort of above inflation all the time so mm-hmm. there's going to be a crunch and basically the state pension is going to have to be scaled back sure. um, relatively speaking okay
0: viv what's your experience with not not in retirement yourself you're <laughs> far from retirement <laughs> but with with people you've seen your family members friends who, who are perhaps retired
2: so my parents have just turned 70 uh oh my gonna really get angry that now um <laughs> we'll cut that so, yeah, yeah uh so and so You know, my dad had to retire. He was a pilot, had to retire at 66, uh, because he got fly after that. Um, And he actually, you know, they went into retirement, didn't downsize or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they were the generation where they had quite kind of comfortable pensions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they did well in terms of the property market, which Mm -hmm. um, maybe isn't so much the case for people um, going forward. Um, And, you know... My father, example, went back into employment because mm-hmm. uh, he's not somebody that can just sit at home and mm-hmm. uh, and do nothing. But it's very much more flexible for him. So it's, mm-hmm. you know he's set up his own business. He's doing something that he loves doing. Um, you know they still go on holidays uh, far too often, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and so f- you know from my perspective, I look at that and I think that's a great retirement. Like okay. that's if I could do that, that would be kind of tick in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in reality, though, um, sure. probably not.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. I wish.
3: You wish.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and Dan, your, your your experience as well. Um, yeah, well, actually, my, my dad retires this year. And, oh, congratulations. Um, oh, well, <laughs> I'll pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, um, the di- I mean, I think this really highlights the difference uh, between the generations here because he's he's 30 years in one company and um, he has this really, really generous uh, Pension, which gives him basically guaranteed income every year. Okay. Um, it's a defined benefit pension, that, uh, but they don't do them anymore because they realized actually, you know, they're far too expensive for mm-hmm. us. So, with us having to contribute to our own pensions, I think that's the difference between sort of the millennials and whatever you want to call. Baby boomers or Generation X, mm-hmm. it's important for us to start thinking about it. I don't think anyone wants to think about it. Yeah. And actually, Viv and I said, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you have to think about it as, you know, you are that person. It's not someone else. You're saving for yourself. You might sure. go, <laughs> Viv said, a wrinklier version, mm-hmm. but <laughs> hopefully know, it, not with
2: my age. <laughs> but you never yeah. know.
3: but uh, I, I think that's important. Daz never had to worry about that mm-hmm. because that's why he took that job. Yeah. genuinely one of the reasons. Sure. Because they said thirty years, and then hey, you're sorted for life. Yeah. I think that was really important.
0: So that was, that's retirement today. For a lot of people, it seems like a, quite a comfortable experience. It involves travel, resting, having the flexibility to do a lot of things. Now let's go and talk about what retirement might look for us when that day comes around in 40 or 50 years' time. Ed, what do you think we will be doing when we come to the traditional retirement age of maybe 50s or 60s?
1: Well, we um, will be younger in, in terms of our health, okay. in terms of our lifestyles. We're going to be younger than... Um, our parents' generation. And, and this is, I think, the thing that's often people find difficult to get their heads around is that um, we're all gonna be living a, a, a lot longer. Right. And so when we hit the ages of, of mid 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. when we think that might be the age of, of retirement, it's not, it's, it's simply not gonna be the same. So mm-hmm. you mentioned defined benefit pensions. One of the reasons that they are unsustainable is because um, life expectancy has been hugely underestimated. Or the, or the growth in life expectancy, and so, mm. and I've been reading a lot about how much longer we're all going to live,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it is it is mind boggling, really. That um, I've read that in of of the cohort born in 2012, a third of those babies are going to live to 100 years old. Right. Um, a third of them, you know, this sure. isn't this isn't just the longest lived. It's incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. and,
3: think, and yeah, I think you, you had some really like, good facts about um, life expectancy for the people who are maybe my dad's age, anyway.
1: Well, exactly. I think probably the most startling one, in fact, that I've I've come across is that there can be of the people who are. Um, I think you'd say that they were the end of the baby boom, so they're born in mid '60s, born in 1966, and so that makes them 51 or 52 years old now. Sure. Um, the, el- the the longest lived of that generation is going to live until they're 120. One hundred twenty-three is the top end of the forecast. <laughs> now that means that they'll be alive. They're fifty-one now, and they'll be alive in twenty eighty-nine. Wow, um, <laughs> which which is <laughs> which is staggering. And and to, and to think, Dan, you know, if your if your dad is yeah. retiring now, and we'd be, you know, potentially staring at that amount of time in retirement, it yeah, is it is crazy. But to, to really make that that live for you, if if we bring that back and, and think of one hundred twenty-three-year-old person alive today, yes, they would have been alive before light bulbs, they would yeah. have been alive before the telephone, they would have been alive when the Battle of Little Bighorn happens. <laughs> um, and, that's, and that's the sort of the scale of it. And so if we think about the ages that people are going to retire, if, you, if you're thinking of retiring at 65, right. it, in the next century, over this, over this next century, sure. it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to say that we can work for 40 years, but have a life of leisure for, for 60 years. Sure. It doesn't. It just doesn't go really. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're all going to have to work a lot longer. But the good thing is that we'll feel healthier and we'll be able to do it. Sure.
0: And then there are opportunities again, right? To to pursue something else. And it's you don't necessarily need to work at the same pace or at the same vigor as you did before mm. if you're doing something in, in a very physical job. But you can cut back, right, and still find a very satisfying way of getting yeah.
1: A, income. And a, a lot of the the sort of. Um, the work in d- demography and, and and sort of forecasting around this is is to is that we're going to have this almost brand new phase of life from the age of, of maybe sixty, late fifties, sixties, maybe for twenty years after that, sure. where we're basically still in work, but we're not in the full time work that we would have had through our careers. Yeah. Um, and the the challenge for I guess policymakers and all of us is how do we how do we manage that? Sure. Um, how do we make sure there's a jobs market where People can continue to work maybe on reduced hours, however that works, it might be that you you want to work two or three days a week. It might be that you want to work six months mm-hmm. and then be completely free for six months you know, sure. however it is um, you're, you, you know there's going to be a need for people to, to work longer in that way sure
0: so viv how what are some of the challenges that young people face in trying to prepare for this this world that we can't really forecast that accurately?
2: Yeah, I think it's really difficult because. Because it is so far away, like for example, for me, you know, I'm 32, so um, I've got another kind of basic same amount again in kind of more traditional mm-hmm. working life. So it takes me to 60, 60 odd, and then I, and then I potentially I've got another 32 plus years. What right. I've just literally lived and has taken feels like a forever <laughs> uh, <laughs> again in traditional <laughs> retirement. Sure. Um, so that so then I get my head around that. I think, gosh, that's a long time, and then even knowing what I'm going to be like what I want to do in retirement. I'm very different now to how I was, you know, even 10, 20 years ago in terms of what I like and my hobbies and, you know, I watch a lot less Dawson's Creek now. Um, (laughs) Even thinking, you know, at 60 odd, what I'm going to want to do, what my lifestyle is going to be like, um, where I'm going to be living, who I'm going to be with, how do you... How are you trying to tangibly save for that goal when you mm-hmm. don't really know what that looks like? Yeah. So much easier to put money aside for your goals, which are so much more exciting. Like mm-hmm. okay. I mean, this isn't exciting, but you know, saving for a kitchen or um, mm-hmm. you know, sister's wedding or whatever it might be, you can mm-hmm. kind of visualize it and and it's something that you can feel it's like rewarding to say for,
1: Okay.
2: whereas retirement, I think there's that disconnect for younger people right. uh, in particular.
1: But, but I think that's, that there's the potential for it to be viewed more positively mm. if um, if you're talking about something like retraining, going back into academia, whatever it is, reskilling yeah. later on in life. That's potentially a way for people to look at this a bit more positively. Not least because working later and and having the skills to work in different careers say, is gonna be absolutely necessary for all the reasons we talked about. It's very difficult to save enough. Mm -hmm. And so if if people can retrain later in life, I think that's something to be excited about. You know, it sort of excites me that you can have another career that's mm. completely different. Mm, right. And I think I think a lot of people are attracted by that.
2: I think that's why you've got to change the mindset around retirement. I think when you think of retirement, you think traditional, and actually, it can it can be quite exciting because you've got all these other things that you might be able to do when you're when you're older. Um, so it's trying to change people's mindset around retirement and, and what it means. I think
3: we all want to have that time, regardless if we if we reduce hours or have a have a different job. I think everyone agrees that we would like to kind of have less stressful jobs or you know, fewer hours. I don't think yeah. anyone wants to kind of <laughs> turn the notch up, turn it up to 11. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think in order to do that, you have to really start thinking about it now. Um, right. I mean, recently I read that we should be saving, a millennial should be saving £800 a month into their pension. Eight hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That reaction is right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very big whoops there. Um, I listen. I I don't do that, and I okay. I don't know who can sustainably do that. Sure. If you can, yeah. you know, absolutely fantastic. But I think some of the points there are. I think that figure is maybe just a scary figure mm-hmm. because it. We we do have to start saving now. We talked about how little we're going to get from the state pension, so everything else is left up to us. We don't mm-hmm. have those generous uh, defined benefit pensions anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the big thing is just starting early. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's what... And, and that, that messaging is really important, isn't it? How, that balance between this is bad, you need to do something about this, mm-hmm. but making it so bad that people can bury their heads in the sand yeah. because it's just too difficult to think about. You know? yeah. and, I, and I think that even yeah, starting early, basically doing whatever you can. It's better than, better than nothing. You can do a bit more and a bit more each time.
3: Well, you're absolutely right. It's about that balance, isn't it? Because, because what are you saving for? You're saving for a life. Now, if you don't live that life, I mean, <laughs> I right. I could put eight hundred pounds in, but I couldn't pay my rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we mm-hmm. you really have to find that balance, and yeah. you know, holidays and things come into it, and sure. you know, we're obsessed with property in Britain. You know, where mm-hmm. everyone wants to buy a house. Mm-hmm. There have there have to be other priorities as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I guess just to summarise that section, looking forward to our retirement we're going to be living a lot longer and so that's going to completely change the way that we plan our pensions and we manage our finances now but rather than being a completely scary thing as you as you said Ed, there is a lot of opportunity for us to save over that time slowly to build up savings and also we might just enjoy our retirement just pursuing second careers so moving on Action top tips. What Ed, starting with you, do you think are the most important things that we should be thinking about after this episode to ensure that we can prepare well for retirement?
1: Well, well, some of it is fairly straightforward. That you just need to save um, as much as you realistically can, um, and but crucially, start as early as you can because we're talking about um, m- multiple decades of right. compounded investment returns, and that okay. you know, so the the earlier you start. Um, the, the easier it is, or to put it another way, if you put things off, those numbers, that £800 is only going to grow. Sure. And, and, and so in obviously saving more, but trying to save more and more each time. And so one of the things we'll often say in our mm-hmm. uh, retirement content around contributions is to pay in as much of your salary as you can. But each time you get a pay rise, up the percentage rate that you're actually putting in. And that okay. means you're winning more and more, basically. It's sure. not, you're not just you're standing still.
2: Okay. I also think it's important to get people to engage with their retirement plans because I mean I speak to my friends and I say how you know how much have you got for your retirement or you, how much are you paying into your pension, and the answer usually is just a blank face being like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know people should be actively looking at company pensions that they've got. How much are they actually contributing? Do their employers match any contributions? Are they making the most of that? Um, because I think you know that's your money. Mm. <laughs> you need to know how much is in there, because otherwise you could end up either totally underestimating how much you've got or overestimating.
1: And actually, on on that, you talk about sort of company pensions and work pensions. People need to pay, pay more attention to that. It's just mm. seen at the moment when people go for a job. I, I mean, I think it's quite usual, frankly, for people to be offered a job and to accept a job and then ask what the pensions like. Yeah, yeah totally. Th- that is mm. that is money. Yeah. That's part of your that's part of your 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 remuneration. Mm. So. Right. And, it, and and the focus is going to, is going to become more and more on that i think okay
3: yeah, yeah and i think for me one of the, one of the biggest things that been's been useful for me is the retirement calculators online right They're so handy and you know you just you can put in what you're doing at the minute and it will show you your shortfall i sure. mean within a certain you know a bracket um and you can kind of see okay well i unfortunately i can't re- retire at 55 yeah. with this level of income that i want mm-hmm. you know like i can't have 75 grand a year yeah. and retired 55, I just, I just can't do it. So yeah. I think it, it gives you a little bit more um, direction mm-hmm. uh, because at the minute, as you said, Viv, you, you ask people and actually it's been ignored for so long that I'm not really surprised that people don't have mm. an opinion or any knowledge of what is
2: reasonable. Especially because also um, particularly um, younger people, millennials, you know, job hopping, they've got multiple point pensions. You know, I've got a friend who's got five pensions. Wow. She's got no idea what the wealth is yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know there were different admin uh, administrators and um, she, you know all the paperwork goes to her parents' address because she moves house every year yeah, in sure. London as yeah, you do.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so you know
1: there, there is sort of work in this area. The government's trying to launch this thing called the pensions dashboard, which will con- mm-hmm. like have all that information all in one place. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a long way to go, and it's a big piece of work, but. Um, that sort of thing has to be good if they can make that work. And then yeah, so people definitely. have a, an idea of what they've yeah. got. You know, that's, it's a really good point that people just don't know. And I guess until then, we've just got to do it ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great tips. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This was the Young Money Podcast. We had our special guests today, Ed Monk and Vivian Slake. Thank you. Thanks. Please be aware that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up. So you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities or funds should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities or funds, and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorized and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, and the Fidelity International logo and S-symbol are trademarks of Phil Limited.